Episode 207, Crisis to Calm. I'm Amber Harper from the Burned In Teacher Podcast and a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Elite educators, it's Gretchen of Always a Lesson host of the Empowering Educators podcast. And my goal here is to ensure you stay empowered to hone your craft today, tomorrow, and always. We are losing too many great teachers to other professions. And so I am doing my best to provide guidance and inspiration so that you retain your elite educator status and impact students and colleagues for generations to come. I am so excited to be in your ear today talking about how to successfully make the transition to teaching online and working from home during this very uncertain time of the coronavirus. This is a unique episode because it was previously recorded as a free webinar for teachers after they received the news that schools would be closing for multiple weeks. My edgy buddy, Amber Harper from Burned In Teacher, she felt this tug on her heart to put something together for teachers to ensure their well-being while doing this super scary new thing without much support or warning. So I and Dana Thomas from Happy Teacher Revolution teamed up with Amber to bring you a huge hug and sigh of relief that you can do this and it can be successful for students and it can be one of the best experiences of your personal and professional life. We will get through this together. This episode is going to help you do five things. Number one, create a success plan for e-learning during the COVID-19 precaution period. Number two, achieve calm, efficient work-life balance. Three, develop a workflow that maximizes time. Four, reserve time and space to be readily available for students and colleagues. And five, prioritize your well-being above all else. And I know this webinar and podcast episode is going to set you up for success, not just during this chaotic time, but for the future as well, because the habits and the mindset that you're going to establish for yourself will be life giving. So let's jump into the show. All right. Good morning. Good morning, (laughs) ladies. (laughs) I was giving Gretchen a hard time. I can hear her birds outside. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's not annoying. It's just like, we got like almost an inch of snow outside. I know it is. Spring has sprung over here. That is for sure. (laughs) All right. So welcome to the free webinar for educators who are not used to working from home. This is from Crisis to Calm, a success plan for balance. 
workflow and collaboration while teaching from home during the COVID-19 safety precautions. Um, I'm Amber Harper, uh, creator, CEO of BurnedInTeacher.com. I'm here with Gretchen Bridgers from Always a Lesson and Dana Thomas from Happy Teacher Revolution. So lucky to call them my friends and my collaboration buddies. And ladies, please introduce yourselves. Gretchen, why don't we start with you? Because you're like, it's like my video and then your video and then Dana's. <laughs> okay, perfect. So my name is Gretchen and I taught elementary education for years teaching second, third, and then fifth grade before transitioning to working with the new teacher project where I got to coach all new teachers from kindergarten all the way up to grade 12, which was quite exciting and such a wonderful lesson for me in leadership. And then I had the opportunity to raise kids and become a teacher trainer and coach while at home. So I'm going to talk to you today a lot about how do you teach from home? How do you work from home and have it actually work for you and not be chaotic, especially if you have kids and hubbies at home. So stay tuned. Oh my gosh. I've got a story to share with you too about this morning already. <laughs> All right, so glad you're here, Gretchen. All right, Dana, take it away. Hello, everybody. I am Dana Thomas. I'm the founder and creator of Happy Teacher Revolution. Hello and welcome to everyone who is watching this, everyone who is tuning in live on social media. So grateful for Amber and Gretchen for this collaboration. I am a former Baltimore City Public School teacher. I taught for seven years right here in Baltimore before creating Happy Teacher Revolution, which is a Baltimore-born international movement. We are global. We You're killing support it, the mental health and wellness of teachers. So we organize and conduct support groups in the field of mental health and wellness to help increase teacher happiness, retention, and professional sustainability. So we're actually an online platform, and I'm really excited to share more about fostering authentic human connection especially among professional colleagues in this time of incredible isolation. Oh my gosh. I knew you'd be perfect for that. Gretchen, I knew you'd be perfect for talking um, about working from home with littles. Um, I have children as well. They're older. Um, so I don't quite, I don't have the struggles that you do. Um, but I can tell you too, I taught for 12 years um, in public education. And I also, a lot like Dana, um, I found this need to open the conversation and change the conversation about teacher burnout and support and wellness. And that's where burnedinteacher.com was born. Started out as a blog, just telling my story, not in a negative way, but just like trying to empower people to share their struggles and change the conversation around it and that stigma. Um, so with that, let me tell you, last night, <laughs> last night I was in the basement watching a movie with our oldest. She's 18. And, um, I get a text from my husband who, by the way, is sick. I don't think he has COVID. I think he just has a cold. It's like in his throat and his nasal sinuses, whatever. But so he's in bed. He texts me. He goes, I need you to come up here. I think Avery broke her foot. And I'm like, what? So I come upstairs. She's in her bed crying. I said, what did you do? She goes, well, I was doing a back handspring on my bed. <gasps> oh, what? okay. That's, yeah. So uh, ice ibuprofen. She wanted me to sleep with her. I tried to sleep. <laughs> Oliver's in there snoring. So this morning, so this morning I'm like getting breakfast for her. Jeff's feeling like crap. It's just one of those mornings that it's like you have your ideal situation set up, which I know Gretchen, especially you're going to talk about that here in just a second. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like life happens real life from working from home. So I'm like, you guys, I love you. I'll get you some waffles, Avery, but I, I'm doing this webinar, so you cannot come in here. You'll be okay. Ask your sister <laughs> if you need help. <laughs> so 
it just, it just happens, you know? So that's what this webinar is all about. It's not about, um, it's not about, you know, how you're going to, um, plan your, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about planning, but this isn't about things like, um, technology, um, and your expectations and things like that. That's all going to be handled through your school district, right? Whether or not you agree with how it's being done, they have a plan for you there. What we're going to talk about today is really the, um, our objectives for today. Um, and actually I'm going to let you take it from here, Gretchen, because we have some objectives about what it is that we are here for you to do today. Yeah. So we are going to help you create this success plan so that you can have an e-learning experience during COVID-19 period, whether it's two weeks, five weeks, whatever your state or uh, district has decided. You're also going to learn how to achieve this calm, efficient work-life balance while being at home. You're going to develop a workflow that really maximizes your time, especially in this kind of chaotic, uncertain moment. You're going to learn to reserve time and space so you can be readily available for your students when they need to ask you questions and for your colleagues so you can collaborate. But most important, we want to make sure you leave this call being able to prioritize your well-being above everything else. So if you were to walk away with three things, it's balance, workflow, and collaboration. Yeah. And then, and also I, I was boxing, we're going to talk about Voxer a little bit later, but I was boxing you too this morning. This is a conversation. Um, so during this, um, during this webinar, while we're presenting our own sections, definitely jump in. I want to make sure that you share your own experiences in your own lives, Dana and Gretchen. And I'll do the same. Um, and if you're joining us live, either on Facebook Live with Gretchen or on um, IG Live with Dana or I, um, ask your questions. We'll do our best to answer them throughout this presentation, throughout this webinar, um, because this is for you. And we'd love for you to also share your experiences and your questions as well. All right. So, so let's talk about the dream of what working from home looks like versus the reality. So you think um, that you get to work in your pajamas and that that is going to be so comfortable and so exciting and that you can just ease into your day because let's face it, you're already where you need to work. Mm -hmm. And maybe you have this idea that I can do what I want when I want to do it. Um, and then maybe you feel like, hey, I don't even have to deal with other people who are going to be interrupting me with whatever it is they need. I just get to do me. And it's going to be peaceful and quiet. And I am happy that you think that that is what it's going to be like. But let me tell you, as someone who has worked from home for years working with teachers and students, this is rarely the case. The reality is you have got to look the part. You've got to be presentable for the kids that you're going to be working with, for the colleagues you're collaborating with, and the parents that you're going to have communication with. So it doesn't mean you can't have pajama bottoms on, but you should have a nice top um, and just look, you know, somewhat put together. You don't have to, you know, be all full out and makeup or, you know, your hair done. But I do think that you, you know, need to show up and look the part and be ready to do your job. It's also important that you structure and plan what your day is going to look like and what it is you're going to be doing that you, it's nice to think, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow and see where the day takes me. But those rabbit holes get you super distracted. You end up working on things that don't have the biggest impact on what your kids need right now. And so it's important that you do put structure and plans in place to be successful when working from home. 
And having a plan of action before you start your day helps you as soon as you clock in that you're working and you're not thinking, hmm, what do I want to accomplish today? Now you've burned 30 minutes. And those of you who have littles at home know that 30 minutes is like prime time. Like we have no minutes to waste here. So you've really got to be thoughtful and intentional with everything you do. And the key to that is setting some boundaries. And we'll get into detail that in a moment. Yeah. So two things, uh, Gretchen, number one, can you two, um, you two can see yourself still on the screen, correct? Even yes. though I've minimized you. Okay. I wanted to make sure cause I had to minimize our images so that, um, so that viewers can see the whole screen. Um, but I want to make sure that you're, you're still seeing us on your end. Um, second thing is <laughs> I love that you mentioned being presentable for your kids, colleagues, and parents, because even for this webinar, I have business on the top and relaxation on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, that's reality. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. And I've even heard that news anchors, that um, they have the suits on top or the nice um, blouses on, on top, but then they're wearing shorts or more casual gear on the bottom. Have you heard of that before? Slippers for sure, um, until they have to do a full shot and then they throw the heels on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dana, do you have anything to add to this? Yeah, I think it is really important to just think about what is comfortable and presentable, but also being able to facilitate for movement. So that's something from working from home that I've realized is that it's really easy to be sitting all day long or texting and typing. So I like to have things that I can, when I am taking a water break or bathroom break, do some like gentle stretching and, and yoga poses in. So that's something that I've realized for myself is incorporating movement, especially in the hips for me get really stiff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and from teaching kindergarten, you know, just thinking about what are those repeated um, gestures and things that you're doing. Like, so working with students who are very short, I was bending down, looking down, leaning down all day long. So mm -hmm. certain gentle neck stretches and things of that nature have been really helpful. So just being mindful of, and of comfort, um, but also presentability. Absolutely. That's brilliant because teachers aren't used to sitting at a computer. We're right. used to being up and doing. So this whole environment is so different. That was mm -hmm. such a huge wake up call for me whenever I left teaching in 2018. Um, I was up and around with the kids all the time and it never hit me how stagnant this was going to be, you know, how I was going to be sitting. I had a lot of lower back and hip issues because I sat for so long and we're going to definitely talk about the importance of movement of scheduling that into your day, but it's so important, not just for your body, but for your mind. So I, I'm really glad that you brought those things up, Gretchen. You know what I'm thinking? I wonder, I need to probably take out my headphones. They probably can't even hear our discussion. Oh, oh no. <laughs> okay. Are, are, do you have people watching you right now? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They probably have been in silence for the first however long. So. Okay. But if we can hear an echo, you may have to put them back in, but I don't think I can. All right. Oh, also, I'm sorry. I left off a bullet point. Isolation and feeling lonely is a huge part of this. And I know you two can probably speak to this so well, just like I can. Yeah, I think, you know, this idea of working from home, this is going to be so great and so convenient, but the reality is you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. And whether you want to admit that people is important in your life, I mean, they do bring you joy and they are someone to talk to or vent to. And it's just a sense of community. And, and so realize that this time in your life, when you're working from home, you're going to have to have other outlets to get that feeling of connectedness. And we'll cover that too. Oh, we sure will. All right. 
So let's talk about some distractions. Um, I learned a very hard lesson when I first started working from home of the reality of other people working. And that might mean that they're coming to your door or they are, um, you know, your phone is ringing because they're calling to get in touch with you or there's lawn maintenance or there's construction noises. Oh yeah. And you might have a pet at home who's barking at everyone walking by and you're thinking to yourself, holy cow, this time I thought it was going to be so quiet and everyone is doing normal things during the day. You're just not never here to witness how loud it can actually be. So planning where you work and how you work around some of these things or you know what, this is what it is. I'm going to be flexible and expect that these things are going to happen and I'll do what I can. Maybe I turn my phone off. Maybe I put it posted on my door that says, you know, not available. Do not ring bell. Um, but you can't do things like lawn care and construction. That's them doing their jobs and earning a living. Um, I used to put my pet in a crate and that helped when I had to take work calls. Um, but other distractions that I didn't even think were distractions at the time where, oh, I'm home, so I'm just going to clean a little of this, or I'm going to go over here and do this thing I've been wanting to do. Oh, let me like run to the grocery store for five seconds, or mm -hmm. oh, the TV, I'm just going to have it on in the background. I'm not even going to watch it. I'm just going to, you know, I just want some noise. And before you know it, like you're doing things that are not what you're supposed to be doing because right. it's all right here. And you really have to force yourself to be disciplined. And as much as I loved my comfy clothes and sitting on my couch, which was a nice comfy place, I really wasn't being productive. So I had to learn to be my own boss and say, Gretchen, you've got to find a place where you can be productive. Mm -hmm. And that means you're sitting upright in a chair, or it doesn't mean you can't sit outside when it's beautiful, but maybe laying in bed in your pajamas is probably not going to be conducive for you to stay focused and get the job done. So mm -hmm. as long as you are aware of what these distractions are and you put a plan in place to work around them, you should be fine. Let's talk about having some structure and some boundaries. Make that schedule. Just like in the classroom, you have a very detailed schedule of what it is you're going to be doing at a what specific time. Create that for yourself. And I realize this is ideal and you might have to do, but that helps you moment in whatever the task is you're supposed to be doing. Time to take a break, to get up, to walk around, to do some stretching, to check social media, to just pet your dog or walk outside, um, to enjoy a lunch break, to socialize. Those things are okay, and that's what's going to make you great at your job. So please don't cut those out. Just build them in uh, mm -hmm. with a realistic expectation that you'll be able to jump back into your work after. One thing I didn't always plan for was having office hours. I built my whole day so I could get done what I needed to do. But guess what? We as educators, we serve students and we serve teachers. And I wasn't, hello dog, right? Yeah. Um, I was making myself <laughs> available and having office hours where they could get to me. So they were emailing me and I wasn't getting back in a timely manner. And it was building up a lot of frustration on their end. So learning how to set aside a time and then communicate that to people. So say, hey, I am live at this time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to Boxer in a second um, or Marco Polo or whatever it is. And you can communicate here at this time. I'm here for you. Um, and I think what I'm trying to convey here is you've got to put in boundaries and then respect those time slots. There are going to be flashy things over here wanting your attention but you can get to that when it's on your schedule. And, and I know some of you are like, I'm not type A like that. This is not going to work. But let me tell you, someone who's made every mistake in the book, this is going to help you be productive and leave the end of the day feeling relaxed and calm and balanced and not so stressed out because you didn't think through your day or protect your time. Mm -hmm. 
I love it. Dana, do you have anything to add to this at all? This has been really helpful for me to listen to. And there's a number of things, Gretchen, where I'm like, oh my gosh, she's speaking <laughs> my truth. <laughs> and, right? and one thing that I've actually done recently is like sort of like a grade book, like attendance. Like I've just made some personal goals for myself mm -hmm. to see like if, and just tracking and then like a judgment free zone of just sort of an awareness for myself of like what patterns, like which days am I really, I start off Monday. I'm like, let's go. And then it sort of start, you know, there, I'm hit or miss with certain ones. Like yoga mm -hmm. is something I've wanted to incorporate daily, but it, I missed it on Tuesday. And there are other things in, in terms of like my mood and how it's feeling that, oh my gosh, this is a priority and I need to make sure to, to really like keep track of this. So for me, it's been a self-awareness piece of almost like a grade book, like attendance data yeah. or, you know, like completion or, or different assignments. Like what are my assignments for myself and holding myself accountable mm -hmm. um, since I am working from home and, and all by myself here. <laughs> I think that's really important that you bring that up about the self-awareness. It, it's such a huge part of setting yourself up for success. And I don't know who said this. So if you know this, um, anybody who's listening, um, tell me who I'm quoting here, but you can't manage what you don't measure. Yeah. And so if you're finding those patterns happening where you, you, you're having a slump at some part of the day or some part of your week, measuring that is not you trying to control it, but rather trying to understand the, the pattern. Um, so I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah, and I think it's a great discussion point with students because they're facing these things for the first time too. And you can say, hey, I am noticing I am taking unnecessary amount of breaks. Like mm -hmm. my brain just can't focus. And what I learned from that is blank, blank, blank. And then you could say, what does this look like for you? Are you finding yourself sitting down to do your assignment, but really distracted? And mm -hmm. you know, you can help them work through this because everyone is going through this at the same time together and, and you being aware of you and how you learn and how you operate and then translating that in a lesson to students is going to help them be so successful. Yeah. And I know for me, I don't, I work in the office a lot of the times. I find that that is where I am the most productive. I will have some days, especially when it's um, especially cloudy and gloomy here in Northeast Indiana, which we get a lot of those days, especially in the fall and winter. Um, I'll work from the kitchen at the kitchen table because there are, there's more light coming in. Um, so I know that I am really responsive to the amount of sunlight that I'm getting. Um, so, but definitely, yeah, you know, there was one day that I did work from bed. It was one of the first couple of months that I was home that I was just like, you know what? I just feel like sitting here in bed and working. And of course I was working. I wasn't, you know, lounging around. Um, but it ended up being really hard on my lower back. I actually had back spasms and things like that. So there are things that you will learn about yourself and where you work best, but we're also going to be talking about creating those um, those boundaries about where you work and having work, you know, places that are, that are workspaces, not living spaces too. So I think that's really important to acknowledge. Well, I'll save my comment for when we get to that. Cause I want to share yeah. something I learned about myself too, but yeah. let's go through three scenarios of what you might be facing. One being, it's just you at the house. I call it single. But I, what I mean by that is it's just one person living in the place that you're going to be working. Mm -hmm. Scenario two is like a duo. Maybe you have a roommate or you live with a significant other. And then scenario three, which is my life, is multi. You've got other people living in your house and you're like, holy heck, this is a circus. How am I ever going to be able to get my work done? Mm -hmm. So let's dive into scenario one. Let's say ideal scenario, you are just you at home. This means you have the opportunity to maximize this freedom and flexibility. However, you must still stick to that daily schedule or routine 
as much as possible because you might get into a situation like me where I overworked mm -hmm. because I didn't have anyone but my pet to look after the moment I woke up to before I went to bed, I was working on something for teachers and students and I got burnt out really fast. And we are trying to make this productive, but we want balance. We want you to still have a life. We want you to leave this break when we finally get to go back to school and say, I feel rested and relaxed and rejuvenated, not like more stressed out than if I had continued to work. So right. realize this is a benefit that you're by yourself, but the downside of that is you really do have to hold yourself accountable to not just work, work, work. Mm -hmm. And take some time. You know, we talked about taking breaks throughout the day. Maybe one of your breaks is to work on a project that you have put on this list called someday. Someday I'm going to organize this. Someday I'm going to create this craft. Someday I'm going to visit this place. Like this is the time. Um, work remotely means you don't have to be sitting in your place if you wanted to go see something for the first time or you want to work on something and it's right next to you and you can work on work and do whatever it is you're trying to craft together. So mm -hmm. think about what are these someday projects and build it into your day because that is going to make you feel happy and healthy during this time. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you, that you say this because even, um, even as somebody who is in the multi section, I still, I have trouble turning it off myself. So I think creating, starting with when you're single with creating those healthy boundaries around your work schedule is really, really important. And saying, you know, I hate that whole, um, that prefix of just a, well, I'm just single or I just have my dog or it's just me. Um, you're setting yourself up for creating habits that are not healthy when it comes to your social life, which is such an important part of all of this with that isolation and feeling of being alone. Yes, girl. Absolutely. And uh, cue the train. I also live next to the train track. There's that. <laughs> Here, we're just, this is a perfect model of what this is really like, right? It's normal. You're not, you're not failing by having these outside distractions and noises. This is just part of the entire process. Yeah. Acknowledge it, call it out. Um, and what's great about us all being in this thing at the same time is no one's judging you as being unprofessional. It's like, oh, thank God they're facing this too. And you can yeah. laugh about it and move on. Yep. Uh, so let's move on. Let's go to scenario two. Let's right. do, if you're in a duo, if you're in a relationship or you have a roommate, my first suggestion is call a house meeting. I know that sounds superficial, but I think it's important for you guys to get on the same page because you're now sharing a workspace. And us teachers, we're used to having our own classroom. We can be loud, we can be unorganized, and we can fix it later, you know, but now we're like sharing this space. So mm -hmm. talk about, okay, where is it that we are both going to be working? What are our job tasks and requirements of us? Do you have 8 a.m. meetings? Are you pulling all-nighters? What upcoming deadlines do you have? Like get real about what this looks like in weekly or monthly timeframes. And then together create this co-op schedule where you can yin and yang. I need the office at this time. I need the printer now. I need this, I need that. So that you know who is working where and when and you're respectful mm -hmm. of those boundaries so that one person isn't dominating all the electronics, you know, that's definitely what our students are going to be facing and learn how to balance and share 
Um, but this also allows you to divide and conquer duties at home, the dishes or the laundry or walking your pets. And so again, you're creating this list of this is what you're doing at this time. This is what I'm doing. We're agreeing that we're in this together, helping each other at work and at home. Please be respectful of each other. You are with each other 24 seven now. This is probably a very unique situation for many of you who get to just hang out on the weekends and that can be a little uh, stressful. So learn to be patient and understanding that this is hard on everyone. And my husband has a super stressful job and so that could come out on me. And so you have to be able to have those conversations and say, it looks like it's a rough day. How can I help you? Do you need me to, to step outside for a while and work? Do you, um, do you need to step out? You know, And just have the conversations about this is a hard time for you. This was a really rough meeting. How can I support you? And be okay with taking time apart. Like, hey, we are, have been staring at each other in our computer screens for hours. I'm going to go out and run or I'm going to go with my girlfriends or I just got to go to the store or whatever it is. And that's okay to take time apart, especially because you're living together and now you're working together. Mm. I love so many things about what you just said. And I think two of the things that you just touched on are the first two habits of highly effective people from Stephen Covey. Number one, be proactive. Number two, seek to understand before being understood. Or actually, that might not be the second habit, but it's two habits from the book, right? So trying to understand where the other person is coming from and then you allowing yourself to be understood as well, but also like starting at the beginning, here is what my schedule is, or what I'm going to strive for for my schedule. Um, how can I help you? I love that opening that conversation between you two. Yeah. And thanks for the compliment that suddenly I'm a highly effective person because that came from my brain. And yeah. Woo! Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Seeking so to understand what other people are dealing with, you know, showing that empathy, um, but then also setting those healthy boundaries for yourself. And you're being proactive by setting these expectations ahead of time. And of course, you'll have to have adjustments and more. I love your house meeting. Um, I told my girls, we're going to, and this goes with the multi, but we're going to have a meeting about your daily schedule because you're not going to sit on your phones all day. That's yeah. not going to be part of, you know, what we're doing for the next few weeks, months, whatever. Yeah. I'm very much a person of control what you can control. And that's what we're doing right now is we're yep. learning to control what we can control. So let's jump in to the scenario. If you have kids at home who also have their requirements from their teacher of what it is they have to do. So let's first tackle childcare. What is this going to look like for you? Do you still have full-time childcare or is it part-time or has it been taken away? So full-time allows you to then follow the plan of if you were a single or a duo work environment that we just talked about. You don't have to really worry about the kids during the hours that they are still in childcare. That's great. Right. Um, some of you are now dropped down to part-time. So you are going to have your kids sometimes, but then they'll be out of the home. And when they are out of the home, you now have to think very uh, strategically. So you're going to prioritize the tasks based on their deadline and their importance. So those are the things you're completing when they are out of the house. And when they come back in, then you can do some of the lighter things that don't require as much thought or focus, or maybe the deadline isn't coming as fast. Uh, but let's talk about my life where now childcare was taken, unfortunately. Um, I do have sleepers, meaning I can work in the early mornings or late evenings or during nap time because they're still young enough. And I'm going to follow what is the part-time strategy, meaning I'm prioritizing what's most important, doing that when they're um, sleeping. Mm -hmm. When they're not, I'm available to do other things. And I'll tell you in a second what those are. If you are like Amber, you've got older kids who are non-sleepers. Well, maybe they sleep in in the morning, but you can just set up some sort of learning centers or something independent that, hey, during this time slot of the day, I have to record a video for my students walking them through this lesson. I need it quiet. I need you working. 
um, this is what this looks like for us at this time. So just like in the classroom when students are in centers, you have outlined what it is they're going to do, you know the time frame from which they're going to work, and everyone is on the same page. That is going to help you be able to do your work while also taking care of your kids who also need your time and your attention. Mm. So let's talk about um, some tips now that you've thought through, okay, what does childcare look like? of how you can work through this time. So to be productive, I have found the key is to set boundaries with your kids, meaning you're not coming into the office when you hear me talking and recording my video. Um, the rules might be no technology, like Amber was saying, you can't leave the house without permission um, and you have to do schoolwork, whatever it is that you're gonna put. And then maybe the roles are, these are your chores today that you're helping around the house or helping mommy or, or whatever. And this is what my role looks like. From this time frame, I am teacher. And then from this point, I am mommy. And so everyone then understands what are these boundaries? How do we operate within them? What are the rules during these times? And then what is my role throughout the day as it changes from being a student themselves to then being a kid or mommy's a teacher and, and now she's back to being mommy. Mm -hmm. I do want to say it is fine when you have kids to take frequent or lengthier breaks, especially when you have younger kids to make sure safety is a utmost priority that they are okay while you are working. And that's again, something else you just have to acknowledge and learn to be flexible with. It's unfortunate that, you can't sit for two straight hours like someone with an older child, but that is okay. You're going to work around it. You're going to be proactive and you're going to figure out what this looks like for you. I just suggest batch working. And I know Amber is huge on batching. And all We're that talk means, about it. <laughs> okay, okay. All that means is you're going to do your heavy lifting tasks. Um, maybe on a weekend, if you have childcare support from somebody else, or you just have the additional time, meaning, okay, I have to think through what this lesson looks like. I have to design my PowerPoint. I have to walk through my talking points. I've got to create worksheets or whatever it is you're creating, like that really needs your time and your focus. Do that when you have a long period of time, when you know you can get it done so that during the week when you've got kids around and you don't have help that you're able to be present and on call but you're doing a lot of lighter tasks that if you get interrupted it's not like you're in the middle of answering a q a live with kids it's oh i'm just grading some papers or something that's a little more flexible so that might work for you in terms of using the weekend to do the heavy lifting and then the week allows you to be present mm. I love it. I, I love your focus on the boundaries and the rules and the roles. And I think this is important, you know, whether or not you have one kid, five kids, um, you know, shout out to our single parents out there is, you know, figuring out no matter who it is that you're home with, that you are setting those boundaries, rules and, and roles. And I think too, and I know Gretchen, you are really big on this, showing yourself and your family or your roommate or your partner grace. Yes during this time because it's not going to be perfect. In fact, some days you're going to feel like what just happened, right? I mean, just like some school days, right? There's, there's still going to be days like that. And you have to say that happened. What could I have controlled most of the time? It's not a ton, but some of the time you're gonna have to come back and say, well, I didn't set very good boundaries there. Um, or we need to really talk about our roles. Um, and allowing yourself for that growth and learning from those things, right? Absolutely. And uh, you can go to the next slide. Amber was kind enough to find this article from CNN that says how to work from home without losing your sanity. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness this backs up a lot of what we're talking about today. For example, 
take a break. I mean, you don't have to work eight hours straight. In fact, you could be productive in less time if you're prioritizing the essential tasks. And just because you are working from home, it doesn't mean you aren't entitled to have some breathers. Mm -hmm. We talked about get structured, but not too much. You know, you need to be flexible. It's going to take some time to find this flow that works for you. And that's normal. It took me years and it's not going to take you years because you're already getting a jump start hearing from us, but I had to find what worked for me and that's trial and error. So wake up every day and say, what didn't work yesterday? What can I change about today? Instead of getting frustrated that it's not as easy that you might have thought, just keep tweaking your plan. Um, have some areas in your house that are work-free zones. I know Amber's going to chat about this too, that, you know, you can't just take over your house and this is where you're going to do all your work. You have to have some places, maybe it's a playroom or a basement or the kitchen where it's off limits. And when you're there, you're present in the moment with your family, or you're just taking a break. And that is totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, I love this idea from CNN about repurposing your commute. You had this time where you were commuting to work, but now that's bonus time. It's bonus time for you to get to do what you want to do. What do you med meditate? Or you get to finally exercise, or you get to spend time with your kids in the morning, having a great breakfast, or just whatever is your new routine to get started. You now have that time built back into your day. What a blessing. So definitely utilize that to the best of your ability. Uh, we talked a lot about setting clear boundaries. You know, working from home doesn't mean you work all day, all long, you know, so put your work equipment away when your hours are done. And that just takes a lot of practice and awareness and uh, some confidence that you can get to it tomorrow and it'll be okay. You got to let it go. Um, showing your face is important. Set a time where you can have a video call with your work colleagues because you're going to feel that isolation. Um, yeah, Voxer's great and we'll talk about that, but you know, a phone call is fine too or texting, but sometimes you just need to hear their voice. You need to see their face to feel truly connected. Um, <laughs> I love the way that CNN phrased this. They said, force social collisions, like water cooler time. <laughs> when you happen in the office to walk to the water cooler to take a break, I know teachers are like, what? I don't get it. But maybe in the bathroom <laughs> or in the copy machine, whatever it's going to be, that you just bumped into people. Mm -hmm. Have a regular time of day where you can chat with your team, whether it's just a hi, how are you, how are things going, or an official meeting. But you can talk about your progress, sort through problems, brainstorms ideas and just be people connecting with people so I was so thankful to find this article I did link up below uh, so you guys can all read it um, and pull away from it what you wanted but here's just the quick highlights yeah so if we didn't mention already we're gonna include this you know whether you register through Gretchen myself or Dana we are going to include in some way this downloadable PDF version of the slide deck so you can access all of these links that we um, that we include we don't have a ton but um, so if you're listening to this on the podcast too um, we'll tell you um, through our individual channels how to access all of this stuff and I think I was laughing out loud because I really think like water cooler time for like some because this is for more of like office personnel you know like business profession I'm thinking like the copy room. Yeah, yeah copy absolutely. room time. <laughs> it would be for us. <laughs> but before I pass it off to Amber, I did want to just let you know at this point, we've talked and covered a lot of things and you should feel like you're now starting to see what your success plan looks like during this e-learning time. You should already be thinking through, okay, how do I have this calm and efficient work-life balance. Uh, we talked a little bit about what workflow could look like depending on childcare in your home. Um, mm -hmm. And then just reserving that time and space to be available for your colleagues, for your students, so that 
your well-being is above all else. So I hope so far you've already felt like you're a step ahead and you can take a breather and that this is going to be okay. And it actually might benefit you and students in the end. Love it. Thank you so much, Gretchen. And Dana, do you have anything to add? You've been so, uh, you've been so studious listening so carefully. And I, I know you have a lot, you have a lot of expertise in these areas as well. Yeah, this has been really helpful again for me to learn and to reflect also in practices that I had as an early childhood teacher, and one of which is very much associated with the set clear boundaries. So sometimes for littles, it will be helpful to have some visual marker for them. So what I used to do was put on a crown that was the quiet crown. So when I was wearing my quiet crown, that was a time where it needs to be not only like we talked, we did a little, a little lesson about like, what does it look like, sound like, feel like when yeah. wearing her quiet crown, what are ways to problem solve because it's quiet time and you can't talk to Miss Thomas because she has her quiet crown on, you know, like going through all these scenarios. But, and the best part was I got to wear a tiara. You know? <laughs> so it's like, and I just, and sometimes I'll put it on like when I do the laundry at home or when I'm doing other things, just as a little confidence boost for myself. So that's just one example, but maybe you have a lanyard that you and kiddos wear when it is school time. And then when it's time to transition, hang your lanyard up and go do your thing. So just thinking about maybe different ways, like a doctor wears a lab coat and takes it off at the end of the day, of different markers to set those boundaries. Yeah. I think that also sounds really fun. And really fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have fun. Who doesn't want to wear a tiara? I mean... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, you sound like you were such an, not just an empathetic educator, but somebody who just tried to, you know, bring things to their level. I think that's so, so important to remember. I know for me, it was always easier for me to remember those things with my students than with my own children. And I think that that is something that's important to bring up to Dana is that we have to remember that our students are, our children our students as well here, especially, you know, during this time and that we have to make things understandable for them. Um, and to have those conversations is really, really important and to make sure that we're empathetic to their confusion and their need for boundaries and their need for understanding through all of this as well. Amen. All right. So now we're going to work into turning a panic situation into a well-planned experience. And I truly believe that your experience through these next few weeks or few months, who knows, is really going to depend and it begins and ends with you. So before I actually work into creating this healthy workflow, I want to first of all work on something that is the most important part of this entire situation, and that is your self-talk. And so I'm not going to get super, I mean, I could talk another hour about how important your self-talk and your beliefs are. But I mean, what Buddha says is so true. Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your habits and your habits become your reality. And it's said in many different ways um, by many different people. But we're going to talk really quickly about the agents of same. Those are those nasty self-talk phrases, those mantras that we tell ourselves every day over and over and over again. And 90%, 95% of the things that we say to ourselves every day are negative. And not only that, but we repeat the same talk from yesterday. 80% of what we say to ourselves today, we said yesterday and the day before that. 
So if we go into this situation thinking this is going to suck, this is going to be horrible, this is going to be the worst experience ever, then that is going to be true because your brain is going to find ways to believe and help you to believe that that is actually the reality. And it's going to look for reasons to prove that that's true. That's called your reticular activating system. So we have these nasty things that we say to ourselves that I call the agents of same. They're called, um, I, I actually gave them names. My husband thinks it's- <laughs> I like it. But I think that when you name it, you can tame it, right? So if you're saying to yourself, as you're creating these online lessons and you've never done it before, if it's not perfect, then it isn't good enough to use or do. Okay. We're going to combat that with an agent of change called try it out, Trevor. I'm brave enough to try new things, make mistakes and learn from them. This is all a learning experience for a lot of us, right? So we want to induce feelings of confidence and inspiration, right? We're just going to try it and see how it goes. Another one, especially now as this is all starting is overwhelm Olivia. Okay, that's an agent of same. She says, there's so much to do. I don't even know where to start. So you're going to feel panic and stress. And I know especially over the last week, this is where people have been living. Okay, it's okay to, it's okay to like visit this place, but we can't stay there. We have to instead bring in this agent of change I call step-by-step -step Sabrina. And we will say, I will focus on what will have the biggest impact on my vision. We're going to talk about vision here in a second. We need to bring about feelings of focus and organization here. I get like really excited and like passionate, like I'm getting sweaty as I'm talking this about this so stuff. Good. Keep <laughs> All right. And the next one, and I know this is the most popular place to go, especially on Instagram. There are platforms that are so extremely negative where we say things like shocker, of course this would happen or shocker. This always happens to me. Or of course this is going on. You know, um, those are, those create feelings of exasperation and frustration and of course negativity. And instead, we're going to be positive. And this does not mean sunshine and rainbows every day, you guys. This is not saying that you always have to wear a smile on your face, even though you're hurting inside, okay? But we're going to say things like, Positivity Payton is the name of this agent of change. I can do hard things, and I'm not going to let challenges affect my attitude. I'm going to do the best I can with what I have, where I am, right? That's an old quote as well. We want to bring about feelings of calm, and um, it's, it's uh, covering it up. I can't remember exactly what that word. Oh, wait, I have it. Great gratitude, right? I, at least we're trying to, you know, showing feelings of gratitude, like at least we're trying something, you know, it'd be, it'd be worse to just say, well, we're just going to be going to school all summer, you know? So really thinking about what you're focusing on. Um, another a, uh, agent of saying that will keep us in that place of frustration and anger and anxiety is anxious Avery. So what if, um, what if this fails? What if some of my students don't fi finish their work? What if um, this student isn't eating? Um, or what if this student doesn't have a meal? Okay, this brings about those feelings of scarcity and irritation, of course, because you want to try to control every single situation. And the agent of change here is go with the flow, Frank. I am not going to worry about things I can control. I will try my best, but that doesn't mean putting myself in an unhealthy situation, right? We need to bring about feelings of clarity and thoughtfulness. And then this is a huge one with teachers because we are self-proclaimed control freaks, type A personalities, superhero Sam, right? I can do everything myself. That brings up, that will definitely bring about that overwhelm and isolation, right? Um, you have to ask for help when you need it. So you need to bring about the agent of change called human Hannah. I'm going to focus on what I can do with the time I am allowed and will ask for help when I, whoops, when I need it, not if I need it, but when I need it. So we have to bring about feelings of relief, determination that we're going to do what we can with the time we're allowed. And we're going to talk about that here in a second with our workflow. Um, we're going to do the best we can with the time that we have. 
And the last one, the last agent of same that's going to keep us in that space of um, negativity and frustration is excuse Edward. I'm too. Okay, so insert whatever belief you have there, whatever negative belief you have. This brings about your feelings of inferiority and incapability to change and try something new. So like, I'm too stupid. I'm too dumb. I can't, I can't figure this out. Or I'm too, um, I've been doing this too long. I'm, I'm too out of the loop when it comes to technology. Um, you know, all of those negative things that we say about ourselves. And again, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your actions. So if you believe it, you will act it. Uh, and then we got to be combating that with the agent of change, capable carry. I'm capable and I'm worthy. I'm capable of trying new things. I'm worthy of trying something new, of talking about and reaching out for support, right? And of course, the feelings are capability and worthiness, right? So we have to change our self-talk as we're going through this, working with people for the first time that we've never worked with, doing things we've never done in a space we've never worked from right? So we have to start with our self-talk and our mindset first before we can move forward. This was so good, Amber. I, wow. I mean, there's just so much here to, to digest. I, and, and those of you who are watching, you can see this clear chart to see where you're being the same and where you can change. So visually, this is very helpful. Great. Yeah. And if you want to, um, I have posters also. People have printed out posters that I've created along with this. Um, and um, I can tell you the, the link now if you want, or I can just put it here at the end of the uh, slide deck or, or let you know what it is. But I don't want to be too distracting. But people have printed them out and put, it, put them in their home offices, in their teachers' lounges, just to change the conversation. This is where the conversation changes is in our head first. All right. Whoops. All right. So Here's what I want to talk about really quickly. We talked about vision during those, um, during those agents of change. See, I want to actually start at the bottom of this list here. A lot of times we start with the best of intentions and then we try to make a plan and then later on we come back and we say, man, I wish it would have been like this. I wish it would have gone like this. And when in fact, we actually have to start at the top. And Gretchen, you've already touched on this. What do you want your work day to look like? What do you want it to feel like? And Deanna, you've been alluded to this too. What does it look like, sound like, and um, feel like, right? So we want to start with our vision. And we also forget this really hard D word, discipline. That daily discipline of I'm going to stick with my plan and I'm going to go into every activity with a specific intention. And that all happens because of action. You know, being proactive. So going back to being proactive instead of reactive. So I'm going to make a vision weekly, daily, and hourly for myself. I'm going to set a plan. I'm going to have discipline, even though it's hard and it sucks and it's sometimes not fun. Um, I'm going to stick with my plan the best that I can. And I'm also going to go into every single task with intention. And if I can't find an intention for it, I have to start asking myself, Does this, is this something that has to be done? Does it have to be done by me? And can it be simplified? All right, so the first thing we're going to talk about that you need to take action on are eliminating distractions that are time sucks, okay? And I don't mean like time sucks. These are things that suck time away from you that is so incredibly important to keep close of mind. Uh, thank you so much. Um, so first of all, and this is something you can control, and I tell this to teachers and they sometimes look at me like, are, are you sure that this is okay? <laughs> and it is okay. Turn off your notifications. And if you've ever heard of Michael Hyatt, he does this himself. It, turn off your email notifications. Number one, teachers, you do not have to have your work email on your phone. And you certainly do not have to have your notifications turned on. And I could, again, do an entire... <laughs> I love it. Yes. 
<laughs> right? I mean, the minute that I decided to take off my work email off of my phone, my life changed because I released myself of that self-imposed rule that I had to be on for my school all the time. And that is a lie that we tell ourselves. This is not being negative. This is not being disrespectful. This is setting those healthy boundaries. Turn off your notifications for your email. Get your work email off of your phone. Turn off notifications for social media. Turn off notifications for your phone too. And we're going to talk about what's called the Pomodoro here in just a minute. And, um, this is why, because we have to eliminate those distractions that are not urgent and they're not important. And believe me, email is not the most important part of your day. Well, and it doesn't mean you're not dedicated. Like mm -hmm. I think that's what holds me back sometimes is like, well, they're going to think I, I'm just over here on vacation and I'm not taking it seriously, but no, you're actually so serious about it that you've designated to go through it when you can be present and give your all to it not when you're designing and creating your lessons for students. There's a time and a place and you can still show up and be present and do your job. Yep. It just looks different. It's just not 24 seven access and that's okay. And it should be respected. Yep. 100%. And so in addition to that, we need to automate your responses so that you are proving that yes, I am respecting the fact that you're reaching out to me, but I need to let you know that right now I'm working on something else. So you're going to create an auto responder on your email. You're also even, if you choose to, this is another thing that you have control over. If you choose to give families, your administrator, other teachers, whoever, your phone number, that you have a voicemail set up that thanks people for reaching out to you, but lets them know that you'll be back in touch with them as soon as possible. And you can be as detailed or as vague as you want in your email autoresponder. You can say whatever it is that you want, but you're just letting them know right now, this is not a priority right now. My priority is planning for my students or checking in on their work or, you know, leading a lesson via video or making a video lesson. You know, you're doing the, the stuff that really truly matters and is going to move the needle forward for your students, which is our job as teachers. It's all about communication and being transparent uh -huh. and saying, I am so thankful you reached out and we'll get back to you. It's yes. Not right now. Give me some time and, and space rather than not having anything. And it takes you 24 hours to get back. And then they're left feeling unappreciated and disrespected. You've yeah. now been proactive about letting them know, I care about what you're asking me. I will get back to you just right now. I am working on other things. Uh -huh. And actually, I even did this myself. I have an autoresponder for both of my business email accounts because I want people to know I will get back to you, but I have designated times of my day that I check my email. And I even put those times on there. You can even in your autoresponder or in your voicemail, you can even say, I check my email daily from 8 to 8.15, uh, noon to 12.15, and 4.15 to 4.30, whatever it is, you know, that makes most, the most sense for you. Um, the other thing here is that you have to set those communication boundaries. So obviously social media is part of this, but you have to choose a main form of communication between you and your students and or their parents. So here's my advice is whatever learning management system you're using or whatever type of communication tool you choose to use, divert all social media questions to your email address, to Seesaw. I know I use Seesaw for e-learning days whenever I taught. Google Classroom, Canvas, email, whatever it is, my opinion is you have got to narrow the funnel of how people are communicating with you. 
because you should not have to check your Facebook messages and then check your Instagram DMs and then also check Twitter and all and then your email and then Seesaw and Google Classroom. Narrow that funnel of how you're delivering instruction and how you're communicating with your families and your students because you're just overcomplicating that communication. You do not have to be available and on on all of those social media channels. That is another lie that we tell ourselves. We have to communicate everywhere. No, you don't. And number one, I never befriended families or um, students on social media. So that eliminated that as even an option. This is good stuff. All right, the next thing is you've got to determine your work hours. And I probably should have created a slide um, specifically on what I'm gonna tell you now first before I go into batching and blocking, but first of all, get out a piece of paper, go old school here, you don't have to get fancy, and decide right on, on throughout, the, uh, throughout the page. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, across the top. And then decide, what are your work hours going to be? Because if you want to, and I, I work on this with teachers and out the door by four all the time. Whatever your vision is for how many hours you work a week, you get to determine what those are. Obviously, you have your contract hours. Again, this is not a revolt. This is not disrespectful. This is not being negative. It's setting those healthy boundaries. What are your work hours going to be? So just because you're working from home or even if you're, I know in my husband's district, they are, the teachers are working from the building, oh. but there's still that, that need to create boundaries when you don't have those specific, you don't have a lunch time. You don't have, you know, it's not planned for you. You don't have that specials time. It's really important for you to say, okay, I am working from the hours of 7.30 to 3.30 on Monday. Okay. And then, um, you know, if you're working from home, I'm going to be working from, you know, again, if I have littles at home, I'm going to start work at 630 and then I'm going to work until 230 and then I'm going to work, pick up work again at 630 to 830. Okay. Add those hours up and it doesn't have to be the same every single day right? You might have a teacher meeting or an administration meeting where, you know, all teachers are coming together, you know, maybe on a Google Hangouts meet or something like that. You do not have to have the exact same schedule every single day when it comes to when you're doing that work on the back end, um, especially if you have a different family situation, you know, make it work for you, but add up those hours. Because if you add up your hours and you're working a 70 hour a week, you're setting yourself up for a lot of frustration, overwhelm, work. I mean, this is what we do. Um, this is what we struggle with on a daily, regular teaching basis, right? But if you set those clear boundaries of these are my hours on Mondays, these are my hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays, add them up. Does that equal 45 hours, 52 hours? What is it that you can do within your control to cut those hours down to create those healthy boundaries? Yeah. And check with your school district to see if there's mandatory times you have to be available to do something. <laughs> Maybe your principal has weekly meetings through Zoom and you right. have to be available Mondays at 1030. You know, so go utilize the non-negotiables first mm -hmm. to plug those in and then think about how you yourself learn and operate and then work your day around that. Absolutely. And then that's where batching and blocking comes in. And batching, if you've never heard of it, it's grouping like tasks together. And I'm going to show you some images here in just a second to show you what that looks like. And then blocking is scheduling time in your calendar to work on the batches. 
Okay, so this is where we're talking about um, prioritizing the really important tasks so that they get done. But again, if you don't measure it, it doesn't get managed. So what we're doing here is we're going to start with listing out all of your important and urgent priorities, putting them in order, and then matching them with other things that belong with them. So, oh, and then um, like, I don't know if I already said this, but then blocking is then putting that into your calendar and we're going to talk about that too. So um, determining your work hours, using batching and blocking to make time for important tasks. So the first thing you're going to do is just, again, you can go old school here. Just write it on a piece of paper. This is what I did last night. I was feeling really super overwhelmed about this webinar coming up. I'm working on a book and all of this other stuff. And I started to get that panic feeling dump it all out of your brain and put it on a piece of paper. Because when you get this stuff out from behind your eyeballs and in front of your eyeballs, it totally puts things into perspective. And you realize like, oh, I was telling myself this story that I have all of this stuff to do. And really when I get it out in front of me, it's really, it, it, it's, it's a lot, but it's manageable. And I am truly in control of what it is that I spend my time on. So, for you teachers, either working from home, working from your, from your school, wherever it is that you're working, okay? I have a list of examples here. And if you download this PDF of the slide deck, then you'll be able to see them too. Recording lessons, checking on student work, answering communication emails, grading, entering grades, meeting, parent phone calls, etc. The second thing is, is that then you're going to categorize those things that belong together. That's the batching part. So prepping, planning, recording videos, those things go together into a chunk. Checking work, grading, entering grades, that is a batch of things that belong together. Student communication, parent phone calls, those things belong together. And then even separate from parent and student communication are your work emails and phone calls. Um, collaboration with your teachers, that belongs in a batch together. And then the third step here is just to schedule it Put it in your planner, whether it's paper or a digital calendar. Make the time for the things that matter the most and are moving the needle forward for you and your students. Use a paper or digital planner like I already met, uh, like I already mentioned, but then also follow it with guided flexibility. We have to have the discipline. We have to have intention. But again, we have to go back to that grace and saying, okay, this didn't go as I planned. So I either need to change my schedule a little bit, or I need to re rethink my boundaries and rethink if this stuff is really the most important things that I should be working on. Yeah, I wanna add something here about batching. It helps your brain stay in flow when you do like tasks. If you're transitioning from creating something mm -hmm. to then you're on a phone call, now your brain is losing time transitioning how they need to think in order to operate and complete the task. So when you stay in that zone, doing things that are very alike, you are able to be more productive and more efficient before you transition your brain to do something else. So true. So true. Dana, do you have add, anything? Mm -hmm. I was going to say to add on to that, I, I even realized when I'm writing, I'm working on my first book also, as I'm writing, I, when I, when there's a moment where there needs to be a piece of research or data or something like that, I realized I need to make a note of it to do it later because that makes my brain sort of go down that hole rather than creating and continuing my writing flow, which is way more harder for me to access and sort of get in tune with then go down the rabbit hole of going and researching and looking up stats and information. Dana, I, thank you so much for 
for mentioning that. That is something that I myself am really struggling with because I'm like, oh, I got to look that up and look up that quote. Yeah. And then you go down a rabbit hole and yeah. now I'm not adding words to my book anymore. Yeah. You know? and it's such That's a great way to think of it. <laughs> All right. So here are some images of what this looks like. This is for actual live images from me working with a teacher at a school on setting her priorities. She was really, really overwhelmed and was taking work home, working all hours of the evenings and weekends. So I said, well, let's, let's uh, prioritize your tasks and let's get them. Um, let's get them here. Oh, my live video ended. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share that really quickly. Um, so what she did first is she listed all of the things that she thought were the most important tasks that she could do. Um, she listed them. And then we got out a couple of different colors of highlighters and we batched them together. So you can see here that she batched lesson planning, prepping, and making copies together in one batch. She had RTI notes and data and assessments. She highlighted those in blue. And those two things went together. And then she um, highlighted grading and entering grades in green. So she wasn't just grading things and then stacking them on a pile. She was actually going to enter the grades as she graded. And then um, email was something separate. Parent contact was something separate. So those got their own color. And then in the third image here, you can see how we started to actually um, create colors in a Google calendar and block those things into the, um, into her days. And she even has a block for teaching. So like during this purple block, I'm, I'm not working on this other stuff because I'm in the act of teaching kids. So really this puts it visually into perspective about when do I have time to do these things? And that will also help you to go back to that question of, is this important that I continue to do this? Is it moving the needle forward? Is it effective for my students? And does it matter most? Is it an important task? Because sometimes we tell ourselves that we have to do something, even though we really truly don't have to do those things, at least not the way that we're doing them or we've created the habit of doing. And everything you're sharing is not just applicable to what's happening right now as we work from home. These are habits you're going to develop and carry into the rest of the school year that are not only going to benefit your students, but yourself. Yeah, 100%. Um, so then the next part is to be disciplined. Now, don't let this image overwhelm you, okay? This is just something, I actually put this together as an example. So you can see on the left side of the screen here that there are different uh, what, what Google calls sub-calendars. So we have a communication calendar, a grading and entering grades calendar, a lesson prep and planning calendar, a meeting calendar, personal time calendar, reminders, tasks, and then the actual, the red one is teaching kids. So I just kind of plop these in here just as an example so you could see what it looks like. Now again, it says be disciplined but not too disciplined, just like that CNN article uh, stated. Give yourself grace, allow yourself to learn some lessons on what works and what doesn't work. So then you can see here, and it kind of cut off because I just took a screenshot, but on Mondays, I'm going to start checking and responding to emails at 6.30 until 7. Um, and then from 7 to 9, I'm checking on student work and I'm leaving feedback. Um, from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, I have a red calendar there that says record math and reading videos or teaching videos. And of course, if you're teaching live on Google Hangouts, I know a lot of teachers and schools are going to that. That could be that time. And you might have several parts of your day that are red or one big block that's red. And then the pink calendar is personal time. So this is where I'm going to get my kids outside. We're going to go for a walk. Um, and then I'm going to check and respond to email. I have here from 1030 to 1130. That seems a little excessive, but I mean, that might be necessary. 
But, and then otherwise, you know, you've got that autoresponder on, you have your voicemail on where you're telling people I have certain times of my day where I'm checking and responding to email, et cetera. And then I have another pink spot here that's 45 minutes, which is lunch, which gives you time to walk, maybe start a load of laundry, um, play with your kids for a little bit. And then maybe you have a teacher collaboration meeting um, via Zoom or Google Hangouts. So I have that blocked in there. That's brown. And then um, check student work and feedback from 115 to 315. So you get the idea if you're listening here. Um, it's, it's all, it's up to you. But the fact is, is that I know what I'm doing and when. And it can be changed based on what's necessary, what's most important, and the lessons that I'm learning from day one and two especially. And I know, Dana, this kind of goes back to what you said. Finding your workflow, finding your natural, your natural time of day where you're most productive, and that's actually backed by science as well. We're all very different. We have different um, times of our day where we are the most productive and we are better at some things than others. And it's important to pay attention to that. That's not woo-woo. That's just how we're built. All right. And um, did you, did either of you have anything you wanted to add? I don't, I can't see your faces right now. No, that was great. Okay. That was awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right. So then the next part here is, um, is uh, I talk about the Pomodoro method. Have either of you heard of it before? Only because of you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Love <laughs> okay. it. Okay. So the Pomodoro method, Pomodoro is Italian for tomato. And I even actually, when I typed in in Google images, Pomodoro, this image actually came up. It comes from that tomato timer, that like old timey tomato timer that you set the timer. And so what you do is, um, and this is where it comes down to hourly intention, okay? Set your timer for 25 minutes. I use my phone and you turn off your notifications. Um, you should have already done this already if you're following this to a T. Um, <laughs> And you work on that one objective for 25 minutes. So if it is email and it is communication that way, then you are only answering emails. You're not checking your phone. You're not on social media. You're not doing anything else. 25 minutes of that one objective. Try to get to inbox zero. I know some of you are laughing because you have thousands. That's a whole other issue we need to talk about. But yeah. um, <laughs> that doesn't have to be your goal. But the fact that you are working on whatever objective, whether it's recording a video or whatever, it's that one thing. Um, for 25 minutes, when your timer goes off, you can go for a stretch, you can get up, maybe do some of those yoga poses you were talking about, Dana. Um, get up, get a drink, go to the bathroom, check in on your kids, whatever it is you want to do for five to 10 minutes, and then reassess where you are in that objective. This is where, Dana, you can go back and like take notes of how did I do on this? Did I focus? Did I get, a, get it done in 10 minutes? Maybe I don't need to block 25 minutes for this one activity. And then you repeat it for the next objective. So. This will really help you as you move through your blocks throughout your day of, you know, what's taking the most time? What am I not allowing enough time for? Am I being distracted? Am I losing focus? Um, that kind of a thing. Pomodoro is really powerful for that focus and intention that we need so badly. What is the 25 minutes? What, why is that number chosen as the number? Uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably backed by science where it has to do with just, I know it takes about and Dana, I know that you've done some research on this too, that it takes a certain amount of time for your brain to actually get into the flow of what it is that you're working on. So um, about 10 minutes. Let's see, oh, we have- Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's coming in to get his computer out of the office. He's actually working from the bed today because he's not feeling well. Um, but uh, so Dana, do you have anything to add to that? I just heard of it. I, uh, it made so I, much sense to me. 
I use a sand timer, sort of like when my, my kiddos would take these. I just, I mean, this is from Amazon, but I was like, I want to get a nice pretty timer because <laughs> that's what I'll be looking at when I'm like in it. Like, oh my gosh. And it's crazy how much time it seems like when you cut out all the distractions and mm -hmm. are able to focus on just the one thing. And what I've realized, I like this one because it doesn't have a buzzing sound that goes off because oftentimes what happens when I'm in the flow, I don't even realize that the sand has run out uh -huh. and I keep working and working and working. I'm, oh my gosh, it's already out. I, I wonder when that happened and then I'll get up and take a break. So that's just another variation on it, but I'm really grateful you brought this up. Yeah. It's just, we have to use what has been proven to work. And I know it's especially helpful. Um, I know a lot of, I can't remember which article I read it in, but um, it's helpful for college students who are studying um, people in the medical field and in law when they are, you know, working so hard on studying, it helps them to focus on one certain part at a time. I can't, again, I can't remember where I read that. Um, but it really uh, is just, it's just helpful for focusing on one thing at a time rather than feeling like, oh my gosh, like we're, this could be a whole nother episode too. That lie of multitasking. Yeah. It's a lie. And I used to pride myself on being like, I'm such a great multitasker. No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't do anything well when you're multitasking. All right. And the last thing before I hand it off to Dana about connection is to help her get started is to talk about the importance of making time for connection during your day. Now, this could also be distracting. So you have to decide what is best for you. But I know um, Dana and Gretchen, while we were collaborating on this webinar, we used Voxer. And uh, Gretchen, you and I have been using Marco Polo for now going on about two years. We talk to each other almost daily and we get to see each other's faces. Both of these are digital walkie talkies, but Marco Polo is with video, which I personally love. Um, and I know some people are like cringy about it, but I love it. I love that face-to-face -face connection. And Voxer is just with voices. And you can, it's a lot like texting, how you can answer back and forth whenever it works for you. So you can create those healthy boundaries of checking Marco Polo and Voxer. This is great. I feel like for teacher connection from one to another, but um, Gretchen, you even brought this up that it was, you used to use this whenever you were mentoring teachers and you were in their classrooms, you would give them feedback on Voxer. Yeah, I realized one, it saved me time that I didn't have to sit and write a glow and a grow and then leave it on their desk. I could just <laughs> do it real quick as I was walking to the next classroom and leave it for them. But it was so personalized to them to hear my voice inflection where they weren't sitting there like, how did she mean this one word she wrote? Mm -hmm. And again, it just builds relationship because you hear my voice, you can hear how excited I am for you. Mm -hmm. And it's something you can save to, to say later an encouraging word. So it can be used as a collaboration tool in so many ways. And I definitely suggest you get on and just try. And yeah. if you want someone to talk to, there's three people right here who are willing to be your buddy for however long it takes for you to figure it out. Absolutely. So Marco Polo and Voxer are great for that. Um, and then as far as video connection, if you want to host, excuse me, host a meeting or um, show an example, um, Zoom is what we're using right now. This is what I use too. I love video. Like I said, it just helps me to feel more connected. Um, you can record videos on Zoom and send them out. Um, you can record a meeting. Um, that's how this uh, webinar is going to be shared is we download this video that we've recorded. Um, you can do screen share and things like that. Um, but one that I love and I think a lot of people don't know about is something called Loom. 
So instead of trying to explain something from a, from a text or an email, you can download this to your desktop and you can actually record um, kind of like with this webinar and, and Zoom and even Hangouts. You can share your screen, but then there's like a little circle with your picture or your video on it where you can actually take people through a process and record your screen and explain yourself. And then whenever you click stop, it saves it as a link and then you send the link to somebody else. So you don't have to download the video, which I think is really powerful. And Loom has actually, since this whole thing started a week ago, they've actually created a, a completely free version for educators. It used to be, you could only save 25 videos and then they would like the, the, um, least recent video, the one that was recorded the longest amount of time, it actually got archived and then the link wouldn't work, but they've completely opened it up so that you can record as many demonstration videos as you need to, and they don't go away. So they're trying to help teachers to be successful with using video to teach and explain and give feedback. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful tool. I use it all the time. All right, and with that, you want to um, just revisit objectives for a second. Um, I sure. That's a teacher in me. I can't help it. But I hopefully now, after Amber's talked through all these different things on batching and blocking and how to stay communication with other folks, you feel like you can see what the success plan looks for you. However long you're going to be out, you're now feeling calm about what your life is going to be like, and you see balance starting to form. Um, and she definitely helped you think through your workflow of how to be productive and reserving time and space to be available, for example, like these apps for your students and your colleagues. So I'm hoping each of us that starts sharing tips and tricks, you're starting to feel like, okay, I can do this. I see what this is going to look like for me. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because even as we're talking, like life is happening around us, you know, like Jeff came in and grabbed his computer. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It just is. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's been a really good example as well. All right, Dana. Um, oh, actually, I'm so sorry. There was one more part. So I kind of just wanted to break this down. So um, as oh, you're planning weekly, you can do a weekly brain dump. What has to be done? What has to be done by me? How can I simplify? And then do that batching. And then daily, you can do what's called an Ivy Lee, not Ivy League, Ivy Lee list. So this is um, where you're blocking those things together and you're listing out in order of urgency and importance what has to be done in what order. And then you can try to start thinking in batches of what is my daily big three? What three things do I want to do really well today? And then whatever doesn't get done, you move that to the next day's list in the same order and so forth. So if it's really that important and urgent that it get done, you move it to the top of the list for tomorrow and maybe even combine it with some of the things that you had to do. And then for your hourly priority setting, you're focusing on what you've planned and what you can control as much as possible. You bring in that Pomodoro method. You practice positive self-talk, take deep breaths, get up and do some of that movement like Dana talked about, the yoga stretches, get a glass of water, go outdoors and take a deep breath, maybe go for a short walk around your house. So this breaks it down from weekly to daily to hourly priorities. Great chart, great visual. Those of you who are listening, please grab this uh, link to see all the visuals that have been put together for you. So helpful. Thank you. All right. Now, Dana, tell us all about connection and communication with one another and how important that is to our wellness. Yay. Well, thank you so much. And I have learned so much on this webinar and I want to welcome everyone who is tuning in live on Instagram. Um, I started Happy Teacher Revolution 
here in Baltimore. And again, it has grown global. But um, before I share any more, I dedicate every presentation that I've ever done to a group of really incredible educators. And those are my teachers. Um, so these are the folks who I consider my emotional first responders. Um, these individuals uh, truly saved my life. So thank you. Shout out to Ms. Balderson, Ms. Goro, Professor Orr, Professor Sampson. Because when I was in high school and college, I struggled with crippling mental illness. I represented the one in four Americans who's grappled with a mental illness. I represented the one in five college students mm -hmm. who's contemplated suicide. I represented the statistic that the onset of mental illness most frequently occurs between the ages of 17 and 24. And my teachers were my heroes who recognized those subtle changes in behavior as warning signs and encouraged me to seek treatment and to get help. They offered life-saving differentiation and accommodation for me when I was in crisis. Um, and without them, I wouldn't be here connecting with all of you today. And so I dedicate every, every chance I get to, to dedicate the work that I've been doing as an advocate for teacher mental health and wellness to the individuals who saved my life. And they were my inspiration for becoming a teacher myself. So I became a, a Baltimore City public school teacher. And one of the things that I realized firsthand was the emotional demands of the job, specifically working with children who've experienced trauma firsthand. Mm. And what we're going through right now is considered trauma. I mean, there's an upheaval in our routine and our structure and for individuals who are affected about by what's going on already um, in, a, in this way, whether it's our students or other stakeholders or community members or our own lives and our own families, right? Um, I very much saw a need in better preparing our teachers uh, for the work that they do in teaching in this day and age um, and what it has evolved into. And part of this also was serving as an advocate for mental health awareness. So part of my healing journey as someone who struggled with mental illness was speaking up and speaking out about the stigma that surrounds mental illness. And this for me happened uh, through um, advocacy through NAMI Maryland. I was the national spokeswoman for NAMI Maryland, uh, the National Alliance for Mental Illness, and the Music for Mental Health campaign. And I was sharing articles on Facebook and, you know, I was talking about this on social media. And it's a topic that still to this day is very much wrapped in stigma and shame. But what ended up happening was educators came out to me about things that they were struggling with, the stress and anxiety as it relates to the job that they hadn't necessarily shared before. And so in a time where we might feel isolated because of social stigma or a time where we're now very much physically isolated from one another, I wanted to create an opportunity for us to come together, to raise consciousness around self-care as professional development, to celebrate one another when we set those boundaries, when we say no, when we are uh, prioritizing our time and what matters and prioritizing our relationships and what matters and celebrating one another for that. So you now what I had realized that what wasn't unique in Baltimore, that this teacher stress pandemic of burnout, you know, affected educators globally. So I wondered to myself, how might we create the time and space for educators to heal, deal, and be real about the social, emotional, and intellectual demands they face on the job. And my solution was a revolution. So I started Happy Teacher Revolution 
in the 2014-2015 school year. And this um, was a time of great stress and upheaval in Baltimore. It was uh, during the Baltimore uprising when it was declared a state of emergency um, in, in our schools. They called off schools. Um, and there were 39 kindergartners in my classroom at the time. I was teaching in a derelict building with no heating, no air conditioning, asbestos in the tiles. I was working for, fortunately, there was an administrator who was sexually harassing female teachers on the staff, um, and those court cases are still ongoing. Um, and so there was a lot of layers of, of, of stress, of uh, moral distress, toxic stress, compassion fatigue. There was vicarious trauma happening. And again, I felt very unsupported. Um, I felt isolated and alone, but I recognized, well, there's other educators who understand this stress. There are other educators who are doing this work. There are other educators who believe in prioritizing teacher mental health and wellness like I do. And so this movement, grassroots movement, was formed. And we started holding Happy Teacher Revolution meetings in my classroom and other people's classrooms, basement of a church and yoga studios, anywhere I could find. And then when we started really gaining more traction is when we developed our online space. So what has been really beautiful is creating an online opportunity for teachers to connect with one another through the Happy Teacher Revolution movement. And so we have a bunch of free resources that are available and I'll make sure um, to mention those later. But I do wanna talk about uh, specifically, you know, teaching in 2020 and teaching um, in a time of unexpectedness, a time of, um, you know, this is, this is something that, you know, all of us are going through together and in a way it's sort of the equalizer. Like you're mentioning, like our, our students and our kiddos are now at home and just like we are and building out these healthy habits of self-care and structure, not only in our own lives, but modeling that to those that we support and serve, even if we're not there physically in person. So I want to shout out the source of this um, great infographic I am obsessed with. Um, mm. Make sure to follow at Blessing Manifesting is where this, um, the source of this information. But I think what is really important is, first of all, give yourself a pat on the back right now. If you're listening, if you're tuning in, if you're watching this, because you know, in all of the teacher prep programs, there were no course, there was no coursework or books to prepare for a pandemic. Right. Like how to support your students when there is a virus, a pandemic, and you have 24 hours to get your curriculum together. <laughs> you have to condense all of your in-person lessons suddenly to online. You have, you know, not to mention the stress of like the unexpectedness of all this and oh my gosh, what about making sure that I have toilet paper? Like, wait, I don't have any rolls. Like, I, don't, I didn't even like stock up. Like, let me make sure. And then it's like, what is the, the need to connect with others who get it? Like other teachers who are doing this. Like as much as I, I love my family and my significant other, whoever, right? Like they might not get it, what it's like to be a teacher this day and age. Mm -hmm. So this, there's this need to connect with others. We have concerns about our kiddos who are used to seeing day in and day out you know, their families might be coming to us asking us for advice. And all we have to say is lead with love. We, we're on the same team. And until I am back, you know, until we're all back in the classroom from, to let me take it from here, like this is something that, you know, I, do what's best for your kiddos. And so it, it just, it, there's, there's so much that, that teachers are facing and grappling with and not to mention like our concerns for ourselves and our own safety, right? Like when we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and our basic needs at the bottom, what we advocate in Happy Teacher Revolution is prioritizing your own self-care, wellness, happiness, your, your own Maslow's triangle, right? So that you can better support those that you serve. 
and sort of like the oxygen mask analogy, right? Yeah, so right. back to um, the infographic, I think what's really important is uh, to avoid excessive exposure to media coverage. So this is something, you know, my, my, literally my father's heart doctor recommended him to stop watching the news so much because it is affecting his blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I care about him and I want him to be more selective about what he's watching and what he's consuming. Like be mindful about what you're consuming, right? Like right. what are you scrolling and looking at? What are you watching during the day? And what are you listening to? What are you feeding yourself? And, and taking, you know, a step of self-awareness about that. I'm um, connecting with others through calls and texts, internet. We, um, there are some really great apps that were mentioned earlier, but um, please be sure to follow all of us, reach out to us. Um, you're not alone, we're in this together. I think um, it is important to give yourself grace. And I love that um, strategy from the article mentioned uh, from CNN about that extra time for daily stress relief. Like maybe that's your commuting time um, that you're converting uh, in your calendar and time blocking out. And just making sure that like, it's not just about physical health of washing your hands and maybe even washing your face frequently, but also <laughs> like this is about your mental health too, right? Like it isn't just the physical piece. So be mindful of the whole mind body, you know, um, wellness piece for kiddos. I think it's really important to just reassure them that they're safe. And um, there's some great social emotional learning resources and how to connect with kiddos uh, that we posted on our Facebook page, but we can make sure to share that out also. Um, and giving them the space to talk about their concerns or anxieties, not being able to see their friends and things like that, uh, the structure of the routine and of the school day and, you know, being taken outside of that. Um, and limiting their news exposure and creating routine and structure for them. So same thing for us, right? Like there's such right. a disconnect, I think, with how we support our kiddos and how administration leaders support teachers, but really it's all the same. We're all human beings, right? So, so true. So glad you said that. Important. Thank you. Yeah. So I think it's just really important that, you know, that we recognize that and that we're modeling that, um, prioritizing it for ourselves. And it's great because it's like wellness accountability partners with your kiddos, right? Like I've, I've realized with my students and when I taught kindergarten that they would notice when I would get escalated or maybe my breathing would be shallow and they would tell me, Miss Thomas, it's time to take a couple deep breaths, you know, yes. <laughs> it's like they know. And so yes. you know, I think it's a really great opportunity to hold one another accountable for wellness practices. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I think, um, again, just staying connected and when possible using FaceTime or Zoom now that it's free for everybody. Um, to connect with others and family. And um, yeah, to, to maybe this is a great time to focus on maybe a new re relaxation technique or try something new. Um, maybe pair it or partner it with another habit or routine for yourself, whether it's when you're starting the day or ending the day. Um, so I'm just really, really grateful for everybody uh, coming together and connecting through this platform and for making the leap and in investment and in prioritizing your health and wellness right now. I mean, the folks that are listening to this, watching this, a part of this, like you, you have already done so much. Thank you for giving yourself the pat on the back. Keep doing it, you know, because this is y'all are the visionaries, right? And you're the ones that are leading um, from a place of um, self-care, self-love, self-awareness. And that is a huge step um, for all of us. So um, in terms of the resources that Happy Teacher Revolution is able to offer, um, we do have an online platform, um, our Happy Teacher Revolution starter pack. So this has a number of free um, videos and resources um, 
available on our website, happyteacherrevolution.com. We're also going to be launching online Happy Teacher Revolution meetings. So all the pictures of all the teachers before that were like sitting in the circles, we want to make sure that we are prioritizing our health and wellness. So our in-person meetings um, across the country, around the world um, have been postponed for this month. Um, but we are launching online meetings. So that's going to be starting next week. And so if you uh, want to connect with other educators around the world who are also advocating for mental health, self-care, and wellness, uh, that's a free opportunity for us to keep the conversation going and to keep connecting because I think that's what's really important. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's what I'm going to be doing as well. I'm going to be launching. Um, I'm looking at having a weekly um, Zoom meeting where we can all come together as well. And um, you can access that through my Facebook group and my um, email if you get on my email list. Um, yeah, we have to open up these conversations, share our struggles, but also in a way that we're seeking solutions as well and seeking support. So Dana, did you have anything as well that you'd like to mention before we, uh, before we sign off? Gretchen? No. You? I think we definitely hit a lot of different aspects of what this is going to look like, mind, body, soul. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, I am so thankful for this mix of educators to each bring their strength to the table to, to help everyone think through what this is going to look like and how to make the most of this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Dana, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Do you oh, no, I just want to say thank you, Amber, so much for for all of the resources and, and opportunities. And it, Gretchen, this was really so great to connect and to share all of this information um, with our colleagues, our friends, our community. And honestly, for it, this started because Amber was just, you know, she she's a visionary and she's supporting our teachers and she sent me a text and it's just like, it's opportunities like this. Like we have, I've actually never gotten to even hug you in person. Like, no, <laughs> Gretchen and, yet, and I either. <laughs> I feel like I've known you for so long. And this is, this is just an example of, of, of educators coming together to support each other and, and to make an impact. And yeah. so that's really the priority. And so I hope that this inspires all of you to not only connect with us, but to connect with each other and to keep the conversation going. We're all better together. And when I woke up on Thursday morning, I just had a pit in my stomach and I thought there is going to be so much attention put on instruction and mm -hmm. quickly getting together these virtual learning plans and quickly going to one-to-one -one and all of this panic around the panic, right? All of this crisis thinking that we have to have a conversation about how to do this stuff in a realistic manner, in a humanistic manner. And I can't do it by myself. I definitely am not, I'm never going to claim to be a superhero. I think telling each other that we're superheroes is a falsehood and we got to stop having that type of conversation and say instead, who can I bring into this conversation that can help it to be better because we're all better together. You can't do it alone. You shouldn't be expected to do it alone. And this was a great example of that. And I can't imagine doing this with two better people. So um, like I said, we've never met in person. Not, no, not one of us has met in person. And I hope that one day it will happen. But it all starts here with that connection, the conversation. So this last screen here, this is how you can reach all of us. Um, um, mine, um, I'm Amber. If you're, you're listening to this for the first time or seeing this for the first time, um, you can find me at burnedinteacher.com. Email me at support at burnedinteacher.com and find me on social media at burnedinteacher um, on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you just search Burned In Teacher on Facebook, that's how you can find me. So Dana, go ahead and tell people how they can find you, please. Yeah, sure. So you can um, find me at happyteacherrevolution.com. My email is Dana at happyteacherrevolution.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Happy Teacher Revolution. 
and on Twitter at Happy Teacher HTR. All right, and Gretchen. You can find me, Gretchen, at alwaysalesson.com. If you want to shoot me an email and talk through your situation, Gretchen at alwaysalesson.com. Find me on Facebook, Always a Lesson. Twitter is G Schultek. That's my maiden name. And then Instagram is Always a Lesson with two periods in between because it wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your expertise and your support for our teachers today. This is just the beginning of the support that's pouring out for our teachers and supporting them through this wellness, um, you know, the wellness practices and the planning and the vision that goes into teaching from home if you've never done it before. So thank you so much for going on this journey with me. Thank you, Amber. All right. Burn on, everybody. We will see you wherever we see you online. All right. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. I hope you found it as helpful as so many other educators that tuned in to hear it when it was first released. Your wheels should have been spinning thinking of how to take what we suggested and weave it into your situation so that you now have an amazing success plan for e-learning. Plus, you've had the opportunity to think through how to get that calm, efficient work-life balance due to your kick-butt workflow system, which means you were able to set aside time to also be present for your classroom kiddos, maybe your own family kiddos, your colleagues, your spouse, etc. All in all, after this conversation, you should feel super confident in prioritizing your well-being so that this new experience can work for you and not just be something that happens to you. I'm thinking of you all as I know there are so many unknown factors and concerns. Just know I am an email away, Gretchen at alwaysalesson.com if you want to talk things through. Together, we've got this. All right, Elite Educators, that's a wrap for this week's podcast on transitioning from crisis to calm during the COVID-19 virus e-learning precaution and beyond. Now go ahead and be great because you've just been empowered.